Father, we thank you for our breath, for every beat of our heart, Lord, is because of you. Father, we gather on sacred ground because you make it sacred because you're here. Father, you know what each of us brings into this place today. Hurt, worry, fear, doubt, anxiety, stress. Lord, I pray that you would replace that with joy. I pray, Lord, that your spirit would fall fresh upon each and every one of us, removing any barrier, any distraction, any obstacle from us truly understanding your word. Father, we know that it is always about the message and not the messenger. So, Father, I pray you would just, you would remove me. You would remove me from this, and Lord, your spirit would speak. Father, we love you, and we need you. We ask this in the name of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said, Amen. Not sure if it's a good thing or if it's a bad thing, but our kids are really excited uh, to go to Children's Church because there's pizza. And maybe all of a sudden you will want to go to Children's Church because there's pizza. You know, we, I don't know if you're, if you're like me. Maybe you are. Maybe, maybe you're not in this way. But I rarely eat three square meals a day. You know, like a good breakfast, a good lunch, and a good dessert. I maybe get one of those, and then I kind of fall into this category. Maybe you fall into it. I am a snacker. Like, I will snack my way through the entire day. Have a little bit of food here, a little bit of food there, a little bit of food there. So I, I don't always do that, you know. And when you get stressed... And when you're under the gun, you know, you kind of you have that comfort food, that go-to food, that food that you turn to, you know, maybe this week because school was starting, maybe as parents you turn to that food, maybe as kids you turn to that food. Well, I did a little research on comfort food, the food that we turn to to, to fill us up, to satisfy us, to, to make us feel good. And so I went by state and I found a survey. And you can, I think we've got this graphic up here we can put up here about all of the states. But do you know that in Nebraska, the number one go-to food is pizza? That's our number one go-to food. That's our comfort food. That's the food that fills us up, that satisfies us, that we so desire. Now, guys and gals were a little different on this. So I want to turn to that. Here's how men and women do it. Both of us go to pizza first, but ladies then like mac and cheese, ice cream, chocolate, and pasta or Italian food. And then, guys, after pizza, we go burgers, ice cream, Mexican food, and mac and cheese. So a lot of similarities there, but we all have those kind of go-to foods, those comfort foods, those things that we say, oh, this is going to fill me up. Now, there are reasons that we do that. This survey says there are three main reasons. We eat for comfort, for nostalgia, or for taste. And that comfort we look for is it makes me feel warm and full. It's satisfying. It's emotional comfort. From nostalgia, it reminds me of good times back when I was younger. Reminds me of a family member. And then I love this the best. We like the taste because it's greasy. It's delicious. It's sugary, warm, tasty, and filling. And duh, right? That's why we do it. And we don't need a survey to tell us that we like our snacks. We like our comfort foods. We like those things that fill us up, that satisfy us, that make us feel good. We crave those things. And so we turn to food. But here's the bigger question. What is it that fills you up in life? What is it that brings you comfort in your daily life? 
Where do you find satisfaction on a daily basis? Because typically the things that we turn to just leave us with hunger pains. Just leave us wanting more. See, you can snack your way through the day, but you're always going to need another snack. But if you have three square meals a day, you probably won't need to snack. And sometimes what we do in our relationship with God is is we just kind of snack our way through. Instead of having the one thing, the bread of life, the thing that will fill us up the most, and that's Jesus. So we're going to take a look at a text here this morning from John chapter 6. So if you've got your Bibles, please open them up. If you've got your phones, please bring them up. And if you have neither, just look up and we will have those. John chapter 6, we need to set the context here. Uh, A lot of people have been questioning the authority of Jesus. He's gotten into debates with religious people and other people. So he goes across the Sea of Galilee. He feeds 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. He sends the disciples out on the water. He then walks to them on the water. And when he comes back to the shore, there are more people that are waiting for him. So we're going to read starting at verse 25. Chapter 6, verse 25 through verse 35 says this. When they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, You are looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. So the number one go-to comfort, satisfying food in Nebraska and many other states, according to this survey, is pizza. So I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine maybe you've had a really long day. Maybe you've been working. Maybe... You know, you've been away and you are just craving pizza. Maybe it's uh, your favorite pizza place. Maybe it's homemade pizza. Maybe it's delivered. But just imagine all day you're like, I can't wait till I get home to have some pizza. You know, it's got the cheese and it's got the pepperoni and maybe it's got the meats or the veggies. I mean, you cannot wait to just bite in to that little slice of heaven, right? Oh, you can't wait to have it. Are you hungry yet? We're going to storm the kids and take all their pizza next, right? So imagine that you can't wait to get this pizza and you get home and the only thing that you find is liverwurst. That's it. Now, I've never had liverwurst because I won't eat a food that has the word worst in it. I can't do that. Okay? But imagine you wanted pizza. You craved pizza. You were thinking about, oh, the pizza is going to be so good. It's going to fill me up. It's going to satisfy me. It's going to make my bad day an okay day. It's going to be great. And the only thing there is liverwurst. Would you say, well, I I guess I'll just have the liverwurst. 
Or would you say, I'm going to find a way to get some pizza? If I've got to go out, if I've got to order, I wanted the pizza, I crave the pizza, the pizza will fill me. You would never even think about just eating liverwurst. But you know what? So many of us accept the liverwurst of the world. That thing that we don't want, that we think will satisfy us. That we think will feel good. That we think will bring us comfort because we're not willing to say, I truly am going to hold out for the one and only thing that can fill me up. And that's the bread of life, friends. We accept so many other things that, that we think will fill our lives up other than Jesus. If I just have a little bit of this or if I could just get some of that, well, then I'll be full. But what we end up having is just hunger pains. See, we have, and it's not a secret, we have an obesity problem in our country. But we also have a spiritual obesity problem. We've become fat on religion and good works, and, and we've kind of become a fast food nation. Let me ask this question. You have to raise your hands. How many of you this week stopped through a fast food place for coffee or for any kind of snack or any kind of lunch or dinner? Raise your hand if you went to a fast food place once, okay? How many of you did this twice this week? How many of you are embarrassed if I ask one more time if you did it more than twice, right? There it is. We are a fast food nation. We just want to go quickly. We want to get a snack because somebody else prepares the food. They hand you the food. You eat it in your car, you throw it away. Because if we have to actually go buy food and come home and make the food and then clean up the food, we say it's too hard. But the truth of the matter is, and we all know this, a home-cooked prepared meal is going to fill you more than fast food. But see, we are accepting the liverwurst of the world, the bread the world offers, versus the one thing that can fill us up, the one thing that can satisfy us, the one thing that can comfort us, which is the bread of life in Jesus Christ. So when, when, these, when these guys came over to, to find Jesus, they weren't coming because they wanted their souls to be filled with the bread of life, with the truth of Jesus. They wanted their bellies full. See, and our bellies are kind of our, our experience, our sensory perception, what we see, taste, feel, and touch. They just wanted that to be filling them. Because, see, they had the perception of Jesus that he was a miracle worker and a ticket to a better life. They said, that guy's amazing. He fed all those people. Man, I could have a great life if Jesus just fills me up. See, they wanted the bread of today instead of the bread of life. See, we all, have, we all have to have our, our fill. We all can kind of have those hunger pains in life. So what do we try to fill it with? Let's be honest. We try to fill it with what? Busyness, work, our kids, our kids' activities, school, ministry, right? We try to fill all those things up, but they just create hunger pains. You can be busy and you can have kids and kids' activities and school and work and all those things, but they're just going to leave you having a hunger pain. Because that's not the bread of life. That's the liverwurst. And sometimes we just want to fill ourselves up with these things. Because if I've got all those things, then all my whole life will be full. And I won't hunger for anything. But we do. Paul says this. Paul says this in Philippians. He says, their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is their shame. Their mind is on earthly things. We spend so much time trying to fill our bellies with the things that the world has to offer. 
And it leaves us feeling empty. It leaves us hungry. I've got to have a better job. I've got to have a bigger car. I've got to have my kids excel more because we're hungry. Instead of finding satisfaction and comfort. How many of us, when we're hungry, go to the fridge, open it, look, leave, two minutes later, come back, open it, leave, come back, two minutes later. Oh, we think we're going to find something in there on the 26th time that we didn't find the first 25. Right? We keep looking. Say, well, God, maybe, maybe I didn't see it. Maybe there's something hidden behind, like a glorious little chocolate pie or something's back here. I didn't know. It's not there. We keep looking for satisfaction and being full and being comforted in all the wrong places. See, and Jesus knew why these guys were coming. They said, Rabbi, hey, when did you get here? See, they were coming for their bellies, and Jesus turned it on them. He turned it into a heart issue. See, they didn't come to Jesus to worship. They came to Jesus out of want. I want Jesus to fill my belly. I want Jesus to bless me. I want Jesus to prosper me. I want Jesus to give me the bread of today. They didn't come to say, you are worthy of our worship, Jesus, because you're our Savior, you're our Redeemer. See, we have to ask the question, why, why are we here? Why do we want to follow Jesus? Is it because we want to worship him because he's the son of God, because he died for our sins, because he redeemed us? Or is it because we want him to fill our bellies? We want a better job. We want better kids. We want this. We want that. You either come to Jesus out of worship or want. Years ago when, when we pastored a church in Florida, I'll never forget there was a Sunday, a guy came to our church who didn't come to our church. Now, I knew this guy because his kids and our kids went to the same preschool at another church where I knew he was a member. So he came to the church and he comes into worship and he has this big button on. And it says, vote for me running for city office. And we kind of had a greeting. And he went up to as many people as he could get to in our greeting, introduced himself and said, I'm running for office. Hope I can get your vote. We had a fellowship time after the worship service where we had cookies and coffee and everything. He went up to almost every person and said, I'm so-and-so and I'm running for office and I hope I can count on your vote. We had to pull him aside and say, this isn't what you do here. You aren't here because you want votes. You need to be here to worship Jesus. But he came because he wanted votes. He didn't get enough votes. He lost the election. But he came to Jesus because he wanted something, not because he wanted to worship Jesus. See, we can accept the liverwurst, the bread of the world, but it won't fill us. It won't comfort us. It will never satisfy us. It will never be enough. We're going to have those hunger pains. And the only thing that can fix that is Jesus. Well, these guys hear that and they're like, oh, wait a minute. That, that sounds pretty good. So look at what they say. They said, what must we do to do the works of God? Because Jesus says, do not work for food that spoils, but work for food which gives eternal life. Jesus says, why are you working for food that's not going to fill you up? It's just going to go bad. Why not work for the food that will never go bad? So they're like, well, what do we have to do? See, they thought salvation and fulfillment and contentment and satisfaction was a formula. That if I do this and this, then I'm going to be satisfied. We do that. If I get a good job and my kids are involved and they're active and they're successful and I've got a nice house, I'm going to be satisfied. I'm going to be comforted. That never happens. So Jesus said, it's not a formula. 
Jesus says you must work for the food that won't spoil. And you hear that word work, you think, oh, I have to do something. Because when we hear the word work, we think it's in an outward expression. We think it's about something I can do. But what Jesus was doing, he was taking the word work and flipping it. Because he says, the work you have to do is believe in the one that sent you. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, if you believe that Jesus is the bread of life, if you believe that Jesus is the Messiah, and you really believe that, and you accept the bread of life, you will find fulfillment, satisfaction, and comfort. It will not come in our jobs. It will not come in our kids. It will not come in our bank accounts. It will not come in what other people think of us. True satisfaction, contentment, that feeling of being full, that comes in Jesus. But sadly, we accept the liverwurst. So when Jesus says, work for the food that lasts, that's eternal life. That is, is believing in Jesus. It's like the rich young ruler, right? He had it all. He was rich. He was young. He was a ruler. And he said, if I can just get a little bit of Jesus, I'll be totally happy. And he came and what did he say? He said to Jesus, what must I do? And Jesus says, you want to play the game? Let's play the game. He says, go sell everything you have, give the money to the poor, and then come back and follow me. And what happened? It said he went away sad, but he also went away hungry. He thought if he just had a little bit of Jesus to go with the rest of what was on his plate that he'd find satisfaction. The only way we find satisfaction and fulfillment and comfort and don't hunger for the bread that won't do that is Jesus. He is the bread of life. So we have to ask the question, well, if Jesus says work is believing in the one who sent me, what does that work look like? There are two ways that I want to propose. I think we've got that slide. The way we do that, number one, is we're in his word. We're in his word. And if the only time you hear God's word is Sunday morning, you're not in his word. We need to be in God's word every day. Every single day we need to be in his word. Because when we're in his word, his word is in us. It's like every day we eat, every day you wake up and you have hopefully breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And if you don't eat, it's not going to end well. And so if you don't have the bread of life every day, you're going to have hunger pains. You're going to try to find fulfillment and comfort and satisfaction in something else. And our jobs will let us down. Other people will let us down. Life will let us down. It is only the bread of life that fills us up. And so we have to be in God's word. Look, you don't have to read the whole Bible in one day. Pick a short piece. Read every day. Every day do that. The second is what we're doing right now, be in worship. But worship isn't just today. I tell you what, you can worship. You don't have to worship on a day that doesn't end in Y. How about that? If you can find a day that doesn't end in Y, you don't have to worship. We need to worship God every day. We need to say, Lord, thank you for the blessings of today. Lord, you're worthy of praise. You're worthy of worship. We need to come to Jesus, not because we want, but because we worship. Two things. Be in his word and be worshiping him. If we're not in his word and we're not worshiping, you know what we're doing? We're looking in the fridge. We're looking for something to fill us up and we're going to keep opening that refrigerator door and there's nothing there. We're going to, well, my job isn't doing it. My spouse isn't doing it. My kids aren't doing it. My retirement isn't. We're going to keep trying to find that satisfaction, and it's not there. We're only when we're fed by the word of God. <coughs> that can be intimidating. It can absolutely be intimidating. 
See, because we are more comfortable with convenience than commitment. Think about that. We are more comfortable with convenience than commitment. It's convenient to go through the drive-thru. It's a commitment to eat healthy. It's a commitment, not just time-wise, financially, in a lot of ways, but we love convenience. I'll just drive through. And sometimes that's how we approach our relationship with God. I'm just going to drive through when I have a minute, when it's convenient. I'll read the Bible. When I have a minute, I'll worship. When I have a minute, I'll, I'll pray. We must become comfortable with commitment. Not only did Jesus die on the cross, but there have been brothers and sisters since the beginning that have given their lives to do what we're doing today. To walk in a public place, open Bibles, and worship Jesus. People have died. That's how committed they were. Because they had the bread of life. Being a, a follower of Jesus can be overwhelming. It can be intimidating. Life can be overwhelming and intimidating, right? Kids going to school, people getting new jobs, going to work, kids going to college, moving, life transition. Life can become overwhelming and intimidating and paralyzing. You think, how am I going to do this? What's, how's it going to work out? And, and I often think of Joshua, right? Joshua, remember, Joshua was like the backup quarterback, right? Moses was the star. I mean, God spoke to Moses in a burning bush. God used Moses to part the Red Sea. God gave Moses the playbook, the Ten Commandments. Like, everybody knew Moses. And then Moses died. And everybody's like, oh man, the backup quarterback's got to get in. Can you imagine how Joshua felt? He was overwhelmed. He was intimidated. He's like, I wasn't supposed to go in. I was supposed to just hold the clipboard. And other people probably thought, that's not Moses. Moses was our guy. How was Joshua going to be successful in the eyes of the people? How was he more importantly going to be successful in the eyes of God? He had a specific calling. God gives him the answer in Joshua 1.8. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. If Joshua was going to be successful and prosperous, he needed to be in the Word. He needed to be in the Word. If you and I are going to be prosperous and successful in life, we need to be in the Word because the Word will tell us it's about the bread of life. When our family went on vacation this past summer, we went to New Jersey. And for me, food is utilitarian because I have so many food allergies and I'm also picky, which is a great combination. And so I never truly can enjoy food, I just have to have food. My sister told us about a place in New Jersey where they live and it's an allergy-friendly place. And so we go into this little place and it was a teeny tiny place, but everything was cooked fresh. And I opened the menu and everything is gluten-free and dairy-free and peanut-free and allergy-free. Everything I wanted, I could have. And so they came out, and, 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 I, and they took my order, and they brought me bread. If, you're, if you have gluten or celiacs like I do, they brought me bread. And I, and I ordered more bread, and I kept eating the bread because it was really good bread. And then they brought my meal, and it was so good. Like, I'm talking push away from the table good. Like, oh, I can't have any more, but bring another bowl. 
and kept eating. Afterwards, I was, I was so amazed. I said, can I go talk to the chefs? They kind of looked at me like I was a really weird guy. And I said, I need to talk to the chefs. I go back, and it's these two little old ladies. And I said, I can't tell you how good a meal this was. I said, thank you. I have all these food allergies, and you guys made this amazing meal, and thank you. And they were, like, stunned. Like, really? And I was like, yes. And they're like, well, thank you so much. Where are you from? And I said, Nebraska. They went, oh, okay. I was like, we have food there, too? But the point is, I knew what I could have. I knew I was going to find satisfaction and comfort because of what I saw on the menu. This is our menu. Right? You don't know what you can find if you don't look at the menu. And when we look at the menu of the Bible, when the Bible becomes a menu of all of the great things that God will give us that will comfort us, that will satisfy us, that will address those hunger pains, we can be filled. We can find that joy in life. But if we don't look at the menu, we're going to scavenge for food. We're going to have hunger pains. So friends, I want to tell you, look at the menu. Look at the Bible as a menu and you will find it points you to the bread of life and it will fill you and it will satisfy you. And so Jesus says this and you would think these guys would get it, right? And so what do they do? I mean, Jesus just lays all this out. Essentially what they say to Jesus is, can we see your resume? They said, that's great, Rabbi, but we need to see your resume. Look at what they say here to Jesus. They say, uh, what sign then will you give that we may see and believe it? What will you do? So these guys had the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords right in front of them. They just saw him feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. And they're like, uh, yeah, what are you going to do so that we believe in you? It shows you that they were spiritually shallow. They had the bread of life in front of them. And yet they said, no, I don't want to eat that. I want to continue to have hunger pains. I want to continue to find these things. They even tried to kind of throw up some things in his face. He said, well, our ancestors, they got manna. They got bread in the desert. So for 40 years when they wandered, they got bread. What are you going to do? Jesus didn't come to teach about Passover. He came to be the Passover. He came to be the Lamb of God. He came to be the bread of life. So Jesus says, that's fine. And it's important that you and I understand the differences between what happened in the Old Testament and what's happening here in the New Testament. The first thing is this. Moses didn't provide the manna. God did. God provided the daily bread for his people. I think we've got a slide we can put up. God provides. When you seek God, when you trust God, when you know God, he will provide. And so he provided the manna in the desert. But that was food for a day. Second, God is now providing for us the eternal bread of life through Jesus Christ. Where we will not have hunger pains. Where we will not need to try to find comfort or satisfaction in other things. And third, earthly bread gives nourishment. Heavenly bread gives life. We can find nourishment in earthly bread. A good job, good car, you know, a nice home, kids involved. That's great, and that'll fill you up for the moment. It'll nourish you for this life, but it's not eternal bread. The eternal bread is Jesus Christ in every way. The other thing, and it's not up there, is this. When God provided the manna in the desert, it was just for the Israelites. The bread of life in Jesus is for everybody. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile. 
For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The bread of life is for all of us. If you don't eat, if you're like me, not only do you get hungry, but you can get angry. Do you know somebody who can be very hangry in their life? That's when you take hungry and angry. I see some people looking at each other going, he's talking about you right now. We can get hangry, right? We're hungry, we're angry. And if you've seen the commercial about people who are angry or hangry, what do they offer them? Snickers. They have a Snickers. You're not yourself. They take a bite of Snickers and they go, whew, thanks, I feel better. Do you walk around sometimes just angry at life? I'm tired of my job. I'm tired of the kids not listening. I'm tired of what's going on in our world. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of that. We can become so hangry. See, we understand the anger part because things are not working out the way we hope. But what we miss is that we're hungry for something to satisfy us. And we'll never be satisfied by people or things of this world. See, we've got something better than a Snickers. We've got Jesus. We've got Jesus. See, we can become so hangry in our lives and we don't understand why. Do you ever kind of get, I'm just so angry lately and I don't know why. I'm just, I'm irritated by everybody. I'm irritated by everything. It's because we're hangry. We're hungry for fulfillment. We're hungry for satisfaction. And the only thing that will satisfy us is Jesus Christ. He's the bread of life. You have to ask yourself the question. We have to ask ourselves this question. Where do you turn for fulfillment, for satisfaction, for those hunger pains in your life? If it's not the bread of life in Jesus Christ, then it's the bread of today and it won't ever fill us up. I want to ask our worship team to to come back up. You know, we're going to celebrate communion today. And, And that is coming and saying that Jesus is the bread of life in my life. It's saying, I'm tired of finding satisfaction in other things because they don't ultimately satisfy me. Whether it's other people, whether it's work, whether it's school, whether it's money. We are people that are never satisfied. We always want more. We always want to keep searching for something more that will satisfy us. Every one of us probably has that that one meal that no matter when you eat it, it just fills you up. Just, oh, man, I could just keep eating this even though I shouldn't. That's what Jesus gives us. If you are looking for fulfillment in your life, if you are looking for comfort in your life, if you want to be satisfied and not hunger for more, accept the bread of life today when we come up for communion. Don't just make it an exercise. Make it a meal. Amen.